0: Today's episode of Your Stories is brought to you by Field Notes. Field Notes brand, USA-made memo books, and other products, including seasonal limited editions. Visit FieldNotesBrand.com or 400 North Main in Chicago for more information. Thanks, Field Notes!
1: Your Stories is a wonderful opportunity to share all the highs and lows of being a nerd. You know that hobby you have that you don't talk to anyone about? It's a secret you don't like to share because it might make you feel weird. Maybe you're into
2: something different, uh, comic books, fantasy football, push-ups.
3: Your stories to me has been this really kind and welcoming space where people just have the guts to be really honest and they share their voices and their stories with everyone there, no questions asked.
2: Uh, I've heard stories about all those things. Uh, Maybe not not a lot of push-ups. I maybe haven't heard a
1: lot of stories about push-ups. The Nerdologues is group therapy meets Toastmasters. I know there's always a place where my odd thoughts and unusual habits will be welcomed and championed in a warm, supportive environment by other nerds just like me.
2: And what's fun is you'll see people in the audience one month and then all of a sudden they uh, go up and tell their story. So
0: I'm Eric Erno, and this is the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories podcast on tour. We've been doing a little episode juggling recently, so after a couple of weeks hanging out in Los Angeles to celebrate the launch of the newest Nerdalogs podcast, Let's Get It On, we're back in Chicago for part two of the tour kickoff episode that started three weeks ago. Uh, this episode features some of my very favorite people in the world telling stories and singing songs inspired by the theme, Hit the Road, including... Katie Johnston-Smith, Chris Crotwell, Chris Blake, a very rare storytelling appearance from Dwight Hassler, and music from the aforementioned Katie, Chris, Dwight, and myself. Now, our tour is currently over, but you can still support the Nerdalogs and other creative endeavors by heading over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash A donation of $5 a month gets you access to all sorts of cool extras, including unedited next-day recordings of every Your Stories episode we do. Otherwise, we've got to wait about three months for the episode to hit officially. If you like us, you can also do a free thing and rate and review us on iTunes. That is a super cool thing to do. Now, we've got a handful of Chicago shows coming your way soon that we'll talk about next week. But for now, let's stay light on the plug. It is a holiday after all. Let's get back on tour. Hey, guys. What's going on? Welcome to Act Two. Yeah! yeah. So uh, I'm gonna be out on the road with a lot of time, and so I'm I started thinking about all the people who are gonna be keeping company on the road, not just AC, but uh, people like Bruce and like this next artist we're about to perform, and also shout out to Mary Beth. I'm going to listen to all of you talking, you two, to me over the coming week. Hell yeah! Uh, yeah. She told me it's her favorite podcast of all time. So. Wow! Yeah, I know. I'm excited for that journey. But also, uh, this lady, Jenny Lewis, is going to be keeping me a lot of Hello. company. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I need my harmonica. Yeah. And,
3: yeah. Jenny Lewis is great. We're going to go travel to see her in June again. That's
0: true. Yes. I'll still probably be unemployed then.
3: Maybe. Yeah! yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Charging side, one of the, for me easily one of the top ten albums of all time, Jenny Lewis and the Watson Twins, Rabbit Fur Coat. Fuck that record is so good. So I've invited a bunch of people here who either I've traveled with before, or I would love to travel with. Uh, the first is in the latter category. No wait, the former category, but also maybe the latter. I don't know. <laughs> Let's see how the story goes. Please welcome Nerdlug member Katie Johnson Smith.
3: a lot. We've done stuff with the Nerdalogs and we've traveled a few times to see Jenny Lewis play. Because hey. uh, she's a babe. Um, cool. Yeah. Happy wedding season, everyone. Happy wedding season. Um, cool. yeah, happy wedding season. Weddings are beautiful for the most part. They're set in like picturesque locations and usually include a very cool party paid for by the bride's parents. And I have been lucky enough to hit the road for two weddings so far this season. They were both terrifying and fun yeah i did say terrifying um nobody here is wearing a wire are they uh is this thing on is this thing on i really hope my mom doesn't listen to this or anybody in my family um cool Uh, so what the hell is up with traditional christian wedding ceremonies for real If you haven't been to one in a while, here is how they go. Okay, so there's, like, the normal processional and blah, blah, blah. It's very beautiful. And then a usually male minister uh, who is white and wearing an Ed Hardy blinged-out costume and, like, spiking his hair up. He looks very cool, if it were 1995. Um, He begins a speech that says approximately this, so pretend that I am this man I just described. Okay. Okay. We are gathered here today to bear witness to the union of this man and this woman. Marriage is a blessed, God-honored thing for monogamous, heterosexual people only. <laughs> <laughs> but like, we all do marriage because we secretly want to fuck the shit out of Jesus Christ. Yeah, Christ is the bride of the church, plus he is a big dick. (laughs) We are all saving our Christ fucking for until we are married to him with a capital H. Cool. Anyway, yeah, this lady, probably your cousin, is going to give herself fully to this dude she has not yet boned. Did you know they haven't fornicated? It's important that you know they have not had sex with each other. (laughs) They are pure but like does mouth stuff count as full up full on sex I think it's really up for interpretation All right. regardless P has not entered V and that is the only way to be before you marry cool we're cool on those facts right cool cool alright great but first really picture in your mind that later they will be having sex with each other like really think about this lady probably your cousin getting that pretty little dress ripped off of her body in <laughs> a moment of blind passion and like pray, really pray that she doesn't discover on her wedding night that she has vaginismus, which is a vaginal condition where your brain has trained your vagina to associate penetration with pain, so you can't actually have sex without a lot of physical therapy that is not covered by health insurance, and it's basically the female equivalent of ED, a condition uh, whose treatments are usually covered by most health insurance. Whew. Okay. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. We're all on the same page. Great. So, now, here's the part where I talk about this lady, probably your cousin, like, really (laughs) Really making sure she knows women are lesser beings than men. Women are dumber. Women are weaker. They cannot exist without the protection of men. What kind of world would that be? Adam was made first in God's image. Eve was only made as an afterthought so that Adam would not be alone. (laughs) Because, like, Adam learned only after a while that he did not like having sex with lions and goats and shit. (laughs) They do not spoon, they do not call, and they try to eat you. So, like this lady, probably your cousin, needs to listen to this dude she'll be smashing once the party is over tonight. She's got a promise to submit to his will because, like, he is God or Christ or something, and she is the church, and I think that's how my previous analogy works. Yeah, so he's Big Dick Jesus, and she's like wanting to fuck Big Dick Jesus. Cool. Yeah, and um, This dude your cousin is going to go to town later has, like, to um, cherish her forever or something. Cool. Uh, Wham, bam, you're married. Don't let the sexual tension ruin the party. The end. Okay. Okay. Okay, pretend that I'm not the minister anymore. I know it'll be hard. Okay, I'm Katie again. Great. Okay, cool, cool. Um, That is word for word how Christian marriage ceremonies go. Uh, That's real. Um, And it's like one time-honored tradition short of the couple's families watching them bone in a pit before they all eat barbecue and drink local beer. Um, and this is why my second marriage was in my living room and none of my family was invited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. Um, anyway, I'm Katie Johnston-Smith, and I really, really hope my mom and my Uncle Kirk specifically never hear this. <laughs> Thank you! <laughs>
0: You know, I was on board with all of that except where do you find priests that are wearing Ed Hardy clothing? At,
3: you, at any any evangelical cool hip mega church. Okay. They're all wearing Ed Hardy clothing.
0: Well, I'm going to the wrong churches, clearly, which is none. That's what some my Catholic educators would say. Nice. All right. Thank you so much, Katie. Uh, Coming up next, I have never traveled with this gentleman, but damn, I wish that I had. Maybe I will one day. He's had some great travel stories. On this stage, I want to hear another one from Chris Crotwell.
1: I hate him sound like Guy Fieri. (laughs) (laughs) When I was in college, my brother got divorced. And I've been really close uh, to his wife, and that really bothered me because she didn't text or call. I never got a letter. She ghosted, right? She disappeared. I didn't know for years that that had bothered me. It's funny how sometimes you don't realize the impact an event or a moment has had for half a decade or more. And you might know, you might not understand why it had that impact for another five, six years. Or you might never. Uh, that Christmas, my brother didn't want to go home. Right? He did not want to go back uh, and just hang out with me, mom and dad. And I didn't understand that completely at the time, I do now. He needed to hit the road, he needed to go on an adventure, and the person he asked to go with him was me. And I didn't realize how important uh, or meaningful that would be to me later in my life until much, much later. So we decided that I would drive the 12 hours from Tuscaloosa, Alabama to Austin, Texas, and then we would drive to Albuquerque, and then Santa Fe, New Mexico. A journey which starts in West Texas, which, I don't know if you know this, but it's just an abattoir and a cowboy hat. <laughs> and it fucking reeks. Which is not a great way to start the trip, it's just like several hundred miles of stink that makes you worry about beef.
4: And whether or not
1: you should keep eating it. Um, but once you get out of West Texas... You just hit these miles and miles of dead straight nothing. And it's beautiful. You have mesas and shit way out on the horizon. And you'll be on a road for two and a half hours and realize that if you look backwards, you can see the point where you were two and a half hours ago disappearing over the horizon in a dead straight line. And that was amazing. And we didn't have a whole lot to say because it was just... I don't think he knew exactly what we were doing, and I didn't know exactly what we were doing, but we were doing something, and in all that emptiness, I think we both understood that it would be important. When we got to Albuquerque, which is just like an enormous, perfect example of what suburban sprawl is. It's just flat wastes of resources for miles in every direction in a place that has no water where that many people should never ever have lived. um, and he had a friend out there, so we went to their house. I remember really vividly that her husband was an animator for Nintendo of America, which was a big deal for me at that point. He had, uh, he had done a lot of the triggered events for, like, Metroid, which I was really geeked out about. And what we did at their house to start the trip was we took a bunch of bong rips, it was the first time I'd ever smoked weed with my brother, which felt weird until after the first one and then, you know, not so much.
2: <laughs> it
1: didn't take long until we were on the moon and then we all sat down with his artsy Albuquerque friends and watched Scasi, which, if you haven't seen it, is just like droning ambient music over time-lapse footage of like beautiful human events and like culture and cities. <laughs> And it just blew the entire back of my head off. <laughs> um, I remember looking at my brother and then looking back at the screen and looking at my brother and being like, Something fucking important is happening! <laughs> this is really important! <laughs> um, and we, we left Albuquerque Creek, we went to Santa Fe. Santa Fe is just Adobe buildings and art galleries. And that's like, it. <laughs> just like, tacky rugs everywhere. But it's fantastic. I I really like Santa Fe. And what happened in Santa Fe was that we ended up spending the night with um, a Native American artist who made his career by painting and releasing a series of New Age flute recordings. (laughs) And he was incredibly, he's just one of the strangest men I've ever met my entire life. And my brother decided he loved this guy so much so that he bought a painting right off his wall. He just handed him $300 and said, I want that from your home. And it's not the only time my brother's done that either. The last time he was in Chicago, he's such a beautiful human being. I love my brother so much. The last time he was in Chicago, uh, we we met somebody, a friend of his up here knew, who is a set designer for a lot of plays in town named John Ross Wilson. He's a really cool dude. And he had painted just like a big... He'd painted like a three and a half fucking foot tall painting of like Voltron. Just this, just robot, right? (laughs) And my brother just bought it off his goddamn wall. (laughs) He does stuff like that and it's incredible. And uh, and that was a really special night. And then, you know, we really wanted to cap off the adventure. You know, we wanted to do something we'd never done. We wanted to do something action-packed and exciting. So we decided that we would just go snowboarding. And neither of us had ever been snowboarding. And neither of us had any idea how to snowboard. I mean, I owned one of those all-terrain boards. If you've ever seen one, it's like a a big snowboard with big knobbly tires that douchey middle schoolers buy to go grinding down dirt hills in Alabama. So I figured I had it right like there's no way I can skateboard. I've got an all-terrain board How fucking hard could snowboarding be and it's the hardest fucking shit? <laughs> snowboarding Snowboarding is impossibly difficult to do if you have no idea what you're doing and what happens over and over and over again Is you get going really really fast in a straight line? You immediately have a panic attack because you know you have to turn or break somehow <laughs> You try to break one direction, and you think you're fine, and then the front edge of the snowboard bites into the snow and throws you right on your goddamn face at, like, 32 miles an hour. <laughs> and everyone riding back up the mountain in those little carts just laughs their asses off. <laughs> and my brother's ten years older than I am, and being ten years older there just about than I was then, I realized that he really must have felt beat to shit. If I was as hurt after that, and we just kept doing it too. And neither of, us, neither of us would admit we couldn't do it. Neither of us got halfway through the day and was like, this is a terrible idea. Everything is pain. we were just like, no. We looked at each other and we were like, snowboarding's dope. It's this is, this is a good time. We'd rented all the equipment and neither of us was just going to give up. Uh, and at the end of the night, um, or at, like at the end of that day, he'd thrown his knee completely out. And could barely walk. I had just, like, the entire front of me was just bruise. Three or four days later, I was just, like, I was per- I looked like Drax, the Destroyer. I was just, I was just purple and green all down in front of me. Um, and then we head back to the hotel and realize that Santa Fe, it's, well, it's Christmas Eve now, and Santa Fe is just Adobe buildings and art galleries. Like... I don't think I saw a gas station or a grocery store the entire time. we Like, I think people eat paintings. <laughs> like, nowhere. We, we, like, we drove and drove and made calls. Everywhere's closed. There's nowhere to eat. So we have to eat in the hotel. And end up just having this incredibly subpar and outrageously expensive Christmas dinner together. While he just, like, sits with his leg elevated You know, icing his knee, and I'm just groaning and taking ibuprofen and, like, choking this down, and the next day's Christmas, and we're about to drive back, and I think it might be one of the happiest moments in retrospect I've ever had with my brother. Um, Because he needed a distraction and something to do, and I got to be the person that he picked to do that, and we didn't know what we were doing when we left... And everything we did was sort of dumb, <laughs> but, you know, beat to shit and smiling is a way that I will always be happy to end a trip with anyone that I love, even if I don't understand how important that was until near a, a decade later.
0: Thank you for Stratwell. Oh my gosh. Beat to shit and smiling. Maybe I don't want to go on a trip with you after all, but sounds lovely. Uh.
3: It keeps happening too. And it's still a constant. <laughs> I, just, I can
0: tell. She's doubt always that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, all right. <laughs> alright uh, the reason that I one of the reasons I wanted to do this show is so I could kind of take your stories and internal not the show your stories but rather your pronoun stories and internalize them on the road and I'm going to be thinking about that horizon shit when I'm driving through the desert that's a long drive with nothing to look at but behind <laughs> you alright coming next to the stage this is a rare treat only one person has ever gotten this gentleman to tell a story before and it was Claire on her last show and I asked I asked him because we've taken a lot of trips together if he would maybe break his silence once again. <laughs> so, with no further ado, this is Dwight Hassler. Why are we letting him tell a
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been on road trips with Eric. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, it's it's. it's nice weather we're having right now, right? Like, you know, it's like 50 degrees. It's, it's kind of cold, but you know. It was like raining earlier, like a few days ago, and they said it's not going to rain. Then it rained. They said it's going to rain. Then it didn't rain. It's like, you know, right? Yeah, that's, that that, that's, right? You know, like the weather, right? The weather. That's the weather. And those are the conversations you have. When you have nothing else to talk to with the person you are talking to. You get you it goes down, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, and you're talking about the weather. Yeah, it's it's cold. Yeah, yeah, it was cold yesterday. Hmm. Said it wasn't gonna be, yeah, well, and then here it is. And that's it's 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 just like the the excruciating small talk so it's not embarrassing and not this awkward silence. And that is the conversation that I have with my dad. Uh, all four times that I talk to him in a year. Um, I, I I call him on Father's Day. Um, Happy Father's Day. Oh, thanks. Uh, w- what are you doing? Oh, I'm working. Okay. Uh, how's, how's the weather out there? <laughs> 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 uh, Thanksgiving, I call him. Christmas, I call him. I call him on his birthday on May 11th. I, I, my birthday is on May 15th. And uh, he does not call me on my birthday because... Also, like happy birthday dad and he's like oh yeah yeah your birthday's coming up too right and like yeah yeah all right well happy birthday and it's just like oh he thinks that that counts he doesn't have to call me on my birthday so that's the four times I actually talked to him uh, in the year um, and it was eight years ago uh, I saw my dad um, we were on a road trip uh, Eric uh, Troy who you'll hear from later uh, and our friend John and um, we, we uh, flew out to Los Angeles and we were coming back and we were driving through Nebraska, which is just a giant cornfield, and um, I'm just like, let's let if you, if it's cool, let's go see my dad. They're like, yeah, all right. And I'm like, I haven't seen my dad for at that point for a long time too. And um, you know, we got there, and he came out of his. He's a far so he's a farmer. Sorry, uh, he's a farmer. He's got a big farm, uh, and he also uh, drives a truck now. Um, and like he, the man, just that that's all he does. He's he works. That's you know, he's he's. Just this white dude out in Nebraska who's got a farm and drives trucks sometimes. Um, and, like, so, yeah, we get there. And uh, I, I don't even remember most of what happened because, like, experiences with my my father are so rare, you would think. But I, for some reason, don't uh, uh, process them and keep them. Um, but I do remember uh, he had a four-wheeler when I was a kid. And we would I'd ride that thing around in the fields. Uh, because there's not much to do for a child to do on a farm and, uh, other than work. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, so I asked him if he still had it and I drove that around and then I drove back up to everybody who was just standing there. Like, I don't even, I, I, I always wondered what you guys maybe talked about while I was out there jumping around on hills and stuff. Uh, but then, uh, so I come back and, uh, it's like, you guys want to give it a try? I'm actually very surprised that John said no, because I figured he, of all of us, he would have done it. But, um. Like, we went inside, talked for a little bit and left. And uh, that was like, and uh, like I said, eight years ago, I've seen my dad. And that was the last time I saw him. And uh, had we not gone on that road trip, uh, I would not have seen him since uh, I graduated high school. I, we just, not that close with my dad. Um, and the evolution of uh, my relationship with my dad is 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 interesting, I guess. Um, when I was younger... Um, it saddened me that I didn't have a relationship with my dad, and he 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 didn't know how to be a father. His dad was not very kind to him, from what my mom says. Um, so, like when, when I would talk to him and try and have real conversations with him about, you know, like dad, why why aren't why aren't we like more of a family? And um, he would just like I I don't I don't want to talk about this, and he hung up on me. Uh, so I, that was the last. <laughs> that was when I was in uh, high school, and that was the last time I t- tried to talk for real to my dad um and then uh now when i think about my dad it's it 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 just fascinates me because i don't know what he does for fun i don't even think he has a sense of humor which is blows my mind um i don't know that he has friends like when we go and visit him in like summers and like vacations and stuff like we never saw anybody that he knew other than family that we had um and I guess that's normal for, like, old farmer folk, but, like, it's just, it, it's just, like, I don't, I don't understand, I couldn't, I can't process that, like, the man doesn't do anything but work, and, like, his, what what does he do for fun? I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't know, I'd ask him, but it wouldn't get a good answer, mm-hmm. um, and that, and now, like, it's turned from this sad thing to this, just, like, mind-boggling thing, like, I, I like uh, yeah, I don't remember my dad ever having like like ha I'm having fun kind of a feeling. He was always just like smiling and like I'm there. Uh uh and that's and that's what it is today and, and I, I get you know I'm thirty two thirty 32, one. Thirty one? Man, I don't know how old I am. <laughs> once, once you get past thirty, it's like oh, I it who gives a shit. Uh I'm um, uh, so I'm around thirty years old. <laughs> And, uh, like, I guess, like, and he, I think he's around 70, and, um, I think, man, it, it's, it worked, he's gonna pass away eventually, uh, he's got what he calls the diabetes, and, um, uh, <laughs> sorry, I know it's a little morbid, but, you know, um, and, like, you know, when I found out about that, I, I would check up, are you taking your pills? Yeah. How's the weather? Oh, yeah. Well, it's kind of cold here. Yeah, it's Chicago. Chicago's weather is always kind of weird. And that's... Probably what we'll talk about in a few days when I uh, call him on his birthday
0: on May 11th. Thanks. Woo! Thank you, Dwight, man. Thank you for sharing that. Seems like you do have stories. Troy, are we ever going to tell Dwight what we talked about when he was on the ATV? No. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I'm going to be talking to my dog a lot about the weather over the next uh, 13 days. I'll tell you what. <laughs> It's gonna get real sick of me real quick. <laughs> uh, we have one more performer this half. You already saw him up on stage. He's one half of the duo Rabbit Rabbit, also a great musician and friend, Chris Blake. Yeah. yeah! yeah! Oh, and I, I have also I've taken a, a trip with Chris and Andrew, who is coming up in the next half. I teched a show for them at the Toronto Sketch Fest, and that was a very fun trip that came in a very good time for me. But I'll talk about that later.
5: Hey guys. Uh, funny enough. I did want to talk about the trip that I took with Andrew and, uh, Eric to Toronto. Uh, we, we, uh, Andrew and I got to do the Toronto Sketch Fest. We were really excited about it and we were like, oh fuck, how are we going to get up there? And Andrew came up with the idea and said, hey, why don't we ask Eric to come with us? He can drive us and we'll pay for gas and we'll get him up there and he'll get us up there and he'll take our show and be a good time. And, uh, I love road trips. I really, really do. Um... I think that that is doesn't matter how far you're going even if it's like an hour uh, outside of the city or eight hours to Toronto it doesn't matter you'd you learn a lot about somebody and you're you're put in this in this space it's very tight it's very small and you you have to talk you have to just relate to somebody in that time and this is really the kind of the first shot that I really got at Eric, which was fucking awesome and now I get to do the show and I'm so excited that you're doing. This, um, this road trip, because it's very fun, because we all went to Toronto. We learned that uh, the border officers have great names. <laughs> Officer Vandal, Officer Bourgeoisie. <laughs> also, if you ever go to Canada, do not tell them that you are performing or doing anything that oh. may include money. Just don't mention it. Just go, <laughs> nope, having fun, bye. <laughs> uh, we learned that poutine's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, it's awful. It's awful. Nope, nope. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, wait, man, it, it's just really, really... And also, I remember this very vivid thing, and I was thinking about it today, because I was thinking about that trip. One thing that, is, that sticks out with me is that we asked Eric, and we go, hey, can we do this? He goes, yeah, yeah, guys, that'd be great. Um, listen, on the way back, uh, there's, this, there's this Bruce Springsteen podcast that I like to listen to. Do you guys mind? It's only, it's like an hour and a half... We just want to listen to it all the way back. And we were like, yeah. Yeah, man, that's, that's great. So for an hour and a half, we drove in silence, but it wasn't uncomfortable. It was, it was great. I was in the back seat reading comics. Andrew was reading his book, and, Andrew, and uh, Eric was up front driving, listening to this podcast. And it's a very distinct feeling that it's just like, oh, man. In this moment now, these people, regardless of what happens, it's, that's a relationship that there really isn't kind of going back. It's like, no, we spend hours with these people, days that matters and that stays with you regardless of what happens. Uh, that being sad, I want to play this song that uh, I think harkens to that. And I'm going to do that for you. It's by a band called You Won't. The song's called No Divide.
2: fire were we I call it a paradise without a worry to me I ran the streets at night and in that heady weather there was no you and I but now we are bound together and there is no divide no Up high inside You shot a chair through me And never did subside You know I sometimes wonder What sent us down this slide But now we are six feet under taken from the bottom in the middle of the night Middle of around the night Every time What could it be That we are living out a riddle Only headed for a lonely ride Well I don't mind You're free to make your choices And free to question mine But till we split our voices There will be no divine noise I don't know.
0: a bunch of chords in that song
5: there's like I think there's four no there's
0: six no in the chorus you were doing a lot of shit there yeah it's just it's just moving fast Chris Blake guys this has been a production if you'd like to help make more things like this please visit patreon.com slash to donate today and go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff thanks for being awesome
2: thank y'all thank y'all I am grabbot 23548X